that actually brings up a point, though. Oh, we're back to here, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we always come back to here somehow. This show goes to weird places after a while, especially when I'm controlling it here. It's Wednesday, and you're listening to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, and you're here with Brock, Byron, and Alex. So what have you been doing today? Welcome back to Hump Day Vibes on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You're only here with Byron and Alex today. Brock's away, but that's okay. That also rhymed way too much. <laughs> Coming up on the show, we've got our normal Reddit question, a bit of nerd talk, might not even have game session today, and... We may be talking about the shower. Weird topic. We're going to our first song, though. Here's Against the Current. Friendly reminder, you've been listening to Humpty Vibes. Well, listen to it. I'm Ray Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Read it. This is the most addictive website known to man. It will tear your life apart. And that's how we found this question. Welcome back. So, the uh, question of the week will be... What annoys you about the internet? I just have to say, that was just brilliant either way. You were like, you announced that entire segment and you just forgot the microphones were oh, on. Oh yeah, That was just forgot. perfect. It was great. Ah, uh, dear. So what annoys you about the internet the most? That is a very, very, very deep question. I'm not sure we can sort of like condense it all into like two hours or even five minutes. I'll start us off though. Yeah, go ahead. Keyboard warriors that just don't like grammar. Yeah, fair enough. They drive me up the wall so much because you know what? <laughs> if you can read it, who cares? Now, don't get me wrong. If it's in a book or some official paper, fair enough. You know, official posts by government agencies. Yes, get it right. But, but those people that just keep on, like, angrily typing pages upon pages of content, like the comments section and all that. Yeah. It's like, oh, my opinions matter. Yeah, on the internet, your opinions matter. No. Yeah, no it's it's all just white noise. No, keyboard warriors need to stop doing this. They need to stop saying these things. And <laughs> guess what? If it's your pet peeve, go away. Yeah. It's not needed here. Like, hmm. there are places and times for these. Like, okay, you read an article in a you know official magazine that you paid for. Fair enough. But it's the internet. It's the comment section. It's Facebook. Who cares? I would say the thing that annoys me about the internet right now, I would say cancel culture, perhaps. I don't Ooh. think that's going to be beneficial at all. No, it's really not, though. Because I feel like, you know, I'm heavily against any form of, like, uh, silencing or censorship. I think that's just wrong. As I, I love this sort of stuff, it just reeks of perhaps ideology, I would say. <laughs> no, no, you're right there as well. The other big thing I hate about the internet is the, ah, uh, what would it be? It would be the, oh, let's put this in the right words here. Uh, the eco chambers. <laughs> the echo chambers, yeah. Yes. No, I would uh, say. Echo chambers, sorry, why did I say eco? Echo chambers of uh, people's, what they call disagreeing opinions with scientific facts. Mm-hmm. And saying, no, it's wrong, and then just finding the community that exists with it. Not being able to be allowed to disagree with someone. This constant sense of, like, just tribalism everywhere. You know, you're either with us or you're against us. You know, you can't... uh... Where's the rational argument gone? Mm. Where has that gone? I don't know where it is. Yeah, where's debate gone? Yeah. Like, I think when it comes to... Like, today, I would say... Political debates or any sort of debates now, they've been changed to a point where it's no longer two people talking. It's just people from, like... Two teams are like in different courts, right? And they're just collecting points on their side and then just like throwing dirt over the dividing wall. That's what debate is now these days. Well, yeah, you're right. And just saying that as well, though, you've just brought up a funny thought in my head. Do you remember a movie called Idiocracy? No, but go on. So essentially the 
you know, the ability of people to argue had gone out the window and it's just belittling them and calling them the F-A-G words and yeah, just... Every curse word under the yeah, sun. Yeah, they're just calling them names and just calling them derogatory stuff. Mm. And that's all the argument was. And it's like, that person did it because look at him. He's, uh, you know, something or other. Mm. And that was it. There was no, you know, actual argument existing and it was just terribly designed. And like, it's funny because the movie is kind of progressing towards the way America is right now, mm. which is really scary because I wouldn't think of it as that. <laughs> but again, the internet and how well, it is. Well, the thing about the internet, though, there is just one place that will never, ever change, regardless of what happens, and that is 4chan. You could have said Reddit, maybe. Well, Reddit and 4chan, you know, they're <laughs> their own, I don't know, platforms that are just immortal, you know. They will never be removed. Ah, uh, Maybe. Well, because, you know, if the site gets taken down, a site like it will pop up again and the community will move to that platform. But that's like saying BitTorrent and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Not BitTorrent. Um, That'd be hilarious, like though, that. if Reddit had to be, if you had to access Reddit via Tor. Oh, that would be <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Everyone might adopt Tor, though, so, you know, it might be a good thing. Yeah. You would be anonymous, technically. You just got to know what you're doing on Tor. <laughs> All I know is that I'd rather, you know what, I'm a fan of Chrome. I don't want to have to change. I don't have to learn another. Yeah, thing. judge people that use Firefox. Brock. Oh. Brock. Brock uses. Doesn't he use Firefox? I think he does. Yeah, sacrilegious. Well, if you think about this, though, this is kind of cool. How do these web browsers that are free make money? Mm, um, monetization? Well, no, Ads? No. No? They uh, It's traffic direction. Ah, uh, right, right. That's all it is. Like, it's, it's so mild and so little. Like, mm. what's your recommended thing to use? Like, your recommended search engine? Google Chrome. No, no, but like when you go into Google, right? Yeah. It yeah. goes, oh, use my search engine. And mm. then ads pop up. Yeah, yeah. Firefox has a deal with Google saying, use my search engine. Mm. That's why Internet Explorer, when you first pop it up, is like, hey, welcome to Bing. These are the adverts we've got here, blah, blah, blah. Hey, we recommend using this. If you search for Chrome in. Yeah. The, I would like to meet. Just, I would like yeah. to meet a person that actually uses Bing or Internet Explorer these days. Do you remember MSN? Yeah. There's a webpage still out there called MSN. It's a Yahoo one now. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, who uses that? It's like Yahoo, sorry. Like, it's just full of bloat. And it's just... What about yeah, Bebo? Work. Do you remember that? Bebo? Bebo. It was like a social media platform before you, uh, Facebook became no. popular. I sort of used it when I was in primary school. We were using MySpace here. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, wow. Now owned by Timberlake, I believe. I don't know. And it's mostly a music platform. Yeah. To each their own. I don't know. It's you're right. It's each their own. I feel like uh, we've gone off topic though, which is typical of us. I imagine though, like I can imagine if you said Silk Road has a thing that you like. Ooh. Ooh, bad boys. On that though, we're going to Indie Ghost, Legend of the Dragon. You're listening to Humpty Vibes on Ray Fremantle, and that was Ocean Avenue Yellow Card, and before that was Ivy Valentine. You're listening to Humpty Vibes on Ray Fremantle 107.9 FM with Byron and Alex. Let's get straight into nerd talk. We are talking Pokemon. Game of Thrones. We could talk about that. You guys remember Gangnam Style, right? I loved Gangnam Style. You're listening to Nerd Talk. We really need to make another one of those. Yeah, perhaps. Especially when we're talking about Gangnam Style. That's just, it's so cringy. But then again, though, it's better than what the promos were in the original version of this show. Yes, but we only had one promo. We only had one promo then. Yeah. We always refer back to how bad it was. Uh, so firstly, I had some interesting things happen today. Well, one interesting thing happened today. Uh, 
I bought a Doritos packet and it had, I'm going somewhere with this, and it had uh, Wonder Woman 1984 yep. uh, advertising on it. So is this, you know, the sign that we're going to movies back? I'd say perhaps. Have we um, hit the point where they're like, okay, we'll just release it? I think it's just going to be like uh, released in different countries at different times, as I suppose, depending on COVID restrictions. <gasps> We're all open here. Bring it here. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe maybe Western Australia become can become this like cornucopia of just like film and culture now because everything's oh, open. That would be awesome. Could you imagine we get all the movies here and like we get told not to you know spoil it essentially? Yeah. I mean, and Perth, pirating the cultural here's a little... capital of the world. Let's be honest. We, no one really would pirate here, I don't think. So nah. you can't really reveal what's happening. For it. It's yeah. too much effort. It's an Aussie thing. Like, should be right. <laughs> if it's like simpler, if it's much simpler to just buy it online, yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah. No, 100%. But anyways, going back to it, though, uh, the whole, you know, it being here, is that a sign that we're going to have that back? And that would be super. I'd love for that to happen because mm. I feel like we're uh, getting to that point where we probably need some you know, entertainment that exists outside of it. I mean, yeah, we've got, I'm noticing festivals popping back up on my Facebook feed. I'm noticing all that happening. So will we have our nerdy movies back? Yeah, perhaps. Well, one thing that I'm very excited about when it comes to Wonder Woman 84 was in one of the posters, you saw her all like armored up and stuff like that. Very much so like the uh, graphic novel Kingdom Come, if you remember that. Yes, I do remember that. And you see Wonder Woman fighting Batman at the end of it, spoiler alert. But uh, she had an awesome looking suit on that, and it's very similar to what we see in the movie. Hmm. Well, similarities at least, not exactly the same. Yeah, but I'm never going to put a prediction on it. I'm going to go in blind. Mm. No research. Much yeah, better. I don't like trailers. I'm not going to look at any trailers. Yeah, no no trailers. Just go in blind and we'll be hopefully happy with what happens. Well, then again, though, I think movies might be released, you know, on streaming services. Like what they're going to do is Zack Snyder's Justice League. See, I reckon if they did that pay-per-view type style, like where we got to pay for it, mm. I, I reckon a lot of people would pay for it, to be honest. Yeah, they would. Do a limited release, maybe in some cinemas as well. I would definitely pay to go see it. Oh, I am super, super, super excited for Zack Snyder's version because yeah. I really love his vision when it comes to a lot of films. Me too. Yeah. And Batman v Superman is miles better than Josh Whedon's Justice League. Like, even though it, like uh, Batman v Superman wasn't a perfect film, there were some really, really like awesome things in it. Well, like, if we take a step back, right? Yeah. And we, we look at the Marvel Universe and, okay, yeah, they, they had a long time to develop it. If we look at it, though, from the perspective of Iron Man, who was an alcoholic, that never made it into there. Mm. So we've just skipped a few bits that, again, essentially you're not putting certain parts of Batman in there. And you can do that. You can tell your own story with it. Batman used to kill people at the start. Yeah. It used to happen all the time. And he goes through and just smashing people out left, right, and center. You know, no, he values human life. You know, he just, uh, well, he just casually runs someone over with the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah. But it was weird, like seeing him for the in like during that shot when he was like holding a sniper rifle. I was like, "Ooh." Yeah, that was kind of weird. But I mean, if you hit that point as Batman, it kind of just because you see like way. Robin's suit and it has like you know uh, Joker's graffiti on it. I think is that maybe Jason Todd? Perhaps yeah, so yeah, it would be Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason Todd died. Yeah, and to be fair, like uh, Batman wouldn't really care about Damian Wayne because who likes Damian Wayne? Am I right? Um, no. He's annoying. He's annoying. I, look. I don't think they're going to go that far into comic book history because it's too early on. Mm. Okay. Now, onto the other thing I want to talk to you about. You're reading a book right now that is quite nerdy. Well, yes, and it's also ingrained itself in popular culture over the past 60 years, I believe. 70 years, perhaps. Isn't one movie two direct-to-DVDs? 
Or is it two movies? Well, and then one, one movie and three. Well, one feature film and three um, directed DVD films. Because um, the film underperformed at the box office at the time, but it developed a cult following. But it is inspired by a very, very significant book in science fiction called Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein. And uh, I would say it absolutely deserves to be called a classic. I am. I find the book absolutely thrilling and. It challenges a lot of my views on a lot of political stuff as well. It's not just pure sci-fi. It was more the author sort of projecting his own political views at the time. And uh, I maybe I might say I might agree with the version or the world of the Terran Federation as shown in the book as well. I love the concept of the citizen. Yeah. So what to put it simply, it is technically a democracy, but it also is a meritocracy as well. Where no, wait, just take one step. What's a meritocracy? Well, basically, those with merit, you know, can rise. That's no, a bit like the basic definition of as it. As in vote. Yes. Those with merits can vote. Yes. But anyway. But anyone the, can achieve uh, okay. that merit, though, can't they? Okay. So society is sort of essentially divided into two, where you would have civilians and you would have citizens. And only citizens are, the, are those that are able to vote. But anyone in the world can earn the right to become a citizen if they do some federal service for like a couple of years. Is that always the requirement? Is there any other way to do it? No. But the thing is, though, there are like uh, a multitude of ways in order to become a citizen. Like there's this fantastic uh, page where uh, like the main character is like talking to a doctor. And it's like, if you were like uh, blind and you had like uh, no arms or no legs and you're still stupid enough to try and become a citizen, they would find a job that would suit you. So it's like... It's a universe where everyone would sort of take their roles as citizens very seriously because they paid a high price to become a citizen, where people are more concerned about, you know, serving humanity for the greater good rather than, say, career politicians who want to become, you know, politicians just to get that power. And, like, imagine that, like, uh, say, without, like, corporate, you know, co- you know uh, corruption or anything like that as well. So, really, it's a world that essentially... You do the time, you get your reward, and then you're in a better position overall. Perhaps, even though like one of the characters would sort of disagree with you saying that it's a reward. Something given has no value. You have to earn it. Hmm. So, I but feel like, like it, then again, though, I would say, though, the Terran Federation is probably slightly more autocratic by today's standards, I would say. But uh, it's an interesting world where he argues that modern-day liberal democracies might eventually collapse due to, like, a um, sort of, like, a collapse in moral standards and a lack of attention to duty, perhaps. Well, we're already having that right now. It's that saying, it was like, you know, you know, hard times create strong people, and strong people create prosperous times, and prosperous times create weak people, and then it's like a sort of a cycle going on. But also, uh, many people sort of view the Federation in Star Trek Trippers just because of the film, as like this parody of fascism. It's completely the opposite of fascism. The reason why people say it's because it's militaristic. Well, because it's from the perspective of a soldier in an army during a time of war when humanity is fighting a war of its continued existence against the bugs. Yeah. You know, the arachnids, as yeah, they're called yeah, I, in the movies. I, funnily enough, I looked at it and I didn't understand how it all happened. Like, if I'm having flashbacks in my head and there's this point in the movie where they've all got these scores, these... Scores popping up on it, like where you're mm. going to be a scientist. Uh, you know, well, that's whatever. the thing. The, um, so what would happen is when you're applying for a citizenship or applying for federal service, they would sort of look through your academic record and try to find a role that would be like suitable for you. So if like, yeah. I wanted, like, I couldn't say I wanted to apply to be like an astrophysicist or whatever, you know, they would know they would find something that would suit me so I can actually serve it well. 
Yeah, and you'd have to do that service, whatever it is. Mm. And but Johnny it, Rico, the um, the main character in the books, um, he wanted to, I think it was like to join like the Navy or something like that, but uh, they didn't really find something suitable for him. And being a part of the mobile infantry was actually the last thing on his list. And he was enrolled into that. Because he was that low, though. Yeah. But then again, though, it was just because in some fields he just wasn't good enough, but in others he excelled at, and he was recommended by uh, some of the characters to join him. And um, no, it certainly changed him quite a bit. His character development is very good. It is. Uh, like, I've gone through and watched all the movies, for example, and they, <laughs> let's just say, uh, the development of certain characters in some versus others. Like, mm. the, the whole Marauder movie. Yeah. I'll be honest, that was rough to watch. I would say, though, the main redeeming characteristic of the later films is the much more accurate portrayal of the mobile infantry. Because in the film, they are just portrayed as a just a fairly modern-looking standard army, but in the mobile infantry in the books and the later films, there are this tiny ultra-elite, like, jumping platforms of death. You know, because they were the first examples, possibly in fiction, of power armor. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with the jetpacks and everything, so maybe, I don't know, maybe space marines were eventually inspired because of, you know, the mobile infantry. When was that book written? Um, The book was published in the 50s. Ooh. Yeah, well, I love the idea of space, uh, well, you know, that type of armor. It, it just uh, it looks really cool. Mm. And I guess Iron Man and all that. Oh, wait, yeah, we go there. There's, there's power armor right there with Iron Man. Mm. So was that before or after that? Iron Ooh. Man was in the 60s, I would believe. Okay, so. Because hmm. the, DC, the DC Golden Age was like from the late 30s to early 40s. But um, no, I do, do agree with some of the values that Robert Heinlein started presenting in the way. I would say it's more about individual self-empowerment, sort of taking responsibility, doing something difficult and heroic, perhaps. But what is this? Okay, I'm going to take one step back, though, to back to citizens. Mm. What does it get you? What does it get you? Yes. Your ability to vote? What else? Well, that's basically it. That's the main thing. But it's more of a uh, a mindset, I suppose. See, just the ability to vote. I mean, okay, you've got to do something really difficult to get to there, mm. but it's available to everyone. It's a, Everyone is able to earn the right to become a citizen. But also in the, the Terran Federation, though, its government is completely tiny. It has little to no effect on wider society in general. How? Well, I don't know, just because that's it. The um, <laughs> It's technically, it's like, it's very much like modern day capitalist society right now, except uh, the Terran Federation just, um, it doesn't really hold that much influence over the population other than, you know, just enforcing the law. Well, I guess, you know, it's very libertarian, I would say. You know, when people sort of like campaign for like smaller governments and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was just very interesting, I suppose. It, I can certainly agree that some people might find it a controversial book, but since it is controversial in many ways, it definitely should be considered a classic. It is just, uh, I would highly recommend it to anyone. Well, I, you know what? I might actually have to read it. Yeah. After you get me through the... What what'd you give me? I got you the graphic novel, Final Crisis, by yes. um, Grant Morrison. And I have to say, good luck reading that, because Grant Morrison re, uh, writes incredibly complex books. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I'm going to start on like that It has now. the Nazi Superman in that. I'm going to start on that right now when we go to a song. <laughs> Here's Jagger Jones, Rabbit Hole. You're listening to Hump Day Vibes with Byron Alex on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. And that was Birds of Tokyo, I'd Go With You Anywhere. And before that was Approachable Members of Your Local Community, Strange Places. I think the name's longer, but it's hidden from me, so I can't see it. Anyways, welcome back to Hump Day Vibes on Ray Fremantle 107.9 FM. We're going straight into Game Sesh. 
Choose your character. Choose your weapon. Round one. Fight! This is Gamesish. Uh, that is just that one promo that we will never, ever change. That is just perfect. It just kills me that I wasn't part of it. Yeah. I mean, I did clean it up slightly, but that's it. No, you just needed my voice doing that. You know, so, yes, we're going to do like yes. fighter game voice. Because we fight all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so the game search topic today is not really game related, but it is about games. And so, it, well, something as gamers that we're quite concerned about oh, what's yes, going yes. on. So firstly, the free play... So free-to-play community exists out there already, which is massive. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think controls the majority of the market, has the most income coming through it. Because like microtransactions and yes, stuff like that? Yes. Okay. But uh, just with the launch or upcoming consoles, there is talk of the increase of games increasing from the average price of $60 to $70. Now, in that's US, so... For our comparison, it's going to go up to, say... 90. 90 or something like that. Now, bear with me on that, though, because I can tell you straight away, EB Games and all that have been selling games for $100. Right now, and I mean right now, uh, Call of Duty Online was $100. Actually, last checked, it was like $80 You're or $100. you me. And it's almost at the end of its cycle. Call of Duty is a year cycle. Like, it, I'm sorry, that's too I'm just much. becoming so cynical about it, man. Like, I just feel like we're just being milked. You know what I mean? Oh, especially considering what we get out of the product. Yeah, especially. Because... Because yeah, like there's no guarantee that the game will actually be very good at all, especially today with the continuing problem of games being overhyped. Oh, they do get overhyped though. That's half the problem. Mm. I feel uh, like like the most of the budget actually goes into the marketing. Oh well, that's something completely different we could talk about. But going back to it though, as consumers, are we expecting more for the seventy dollars, or, or are we already getting more for that? Uh really depends on the developers i would um when it comes to certain developers i would expect a certain degree of quality but um i would argue that most of us sort of know what we're getting into especially when we like watch a lot of gameplay trailers or reviews and stuff like that and like to be honest you don't play call of duty for the story well actually i'll be honest with you i've watched it it's pretty good okay okay the last one i find pretty good was in black ops one but we're getting off track there no, 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 not at all, because it covers what we get, though. But if we actually look at the whole situation, right, mm. and what is provided, so they use similar engines most of the time. You yeah, know, that's the thing, like, especially with uh, Total War, they've been using the same engine since 2009. Nope, I lied, there's a sale on right now. <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> but it's still... well, is it the one with the, is it the one where, like, there are stickers everywhere, and have you done that terrible joke that's never been repeated at all, saying, hey, is there a sale on? No, no, no I'm talking about, like, the, you can only buy... Uh, for PC, you can only buy Call of Duty Online. Mm. And it's right now at the just below $60 price, which is a joke. Is this on Steam? No, no. It's, okay, Call of Duty hasn't been on Steam for a while. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so it's a joke. Activision is a joke. They don't realize that $60 for a game that you... Like for me personally, I value a game at a dollar an hour. And Warzone's free. Mm. So I'll, I'll spend money on Warzone, no problem. I'm not willing to spend money on well it says a lot about the game if it's like free to play but it has a huge community around it anyway oh yeah it does have a huge community it's going to continue having a huge community and it's really popular but yeah i don't think going back to this though do you think we should get more for our money yes and do you think that every retailer should have to have the same price uh because of this situation 
depends what you get for the product like if it's going to be like a special edition or collector's edition but um i should think there should be like standard only. a standardized price yeah but then again though they should have different prices in order for those platforms to compete against one another well no no, no. i'm talking about like say let's go kmart and yeah but comparing JP like Hi-Fi. kmart and jp hi-fi eb to like steam for example oh no they, yeah they should all be Similar price though that similar in price, but yeah, no, they, just, they should just, vary. You know, you know. A dollar here, dollar there. Yeah, it's like ten percent off, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, but from at launch point, same price everywhere. Yes, go get your product. That's what it should be. Then this should be the price. You know, not this price gouging where we see you know Evie at a hundred dollars, while another one at sixty dollars, another one ninety dollars, and they. Mm. Oh, it was nightmare. Like, some like to be honest, I, I don't mind spending a fair bit on a game as long as it's got a re- like the quality is very high. That's what I really, really want. I want a guarantee in quality in oh, these yeah, games. Yeah. And the thing is, though, it's not. It hasn't been just a massive jump at one point. Mm. It's a slow, gradual climb. Yeah. Every time there's a launch of a new console, it's not like they come out and be like, "Here's this wonderful thing." They've already been working on it, optimizing the last console the entire time to give you the best performance. Mm. They released that new game. It's unoptimized as all hell. Like, I'm worried that, like, say, in 50 years, we'll have to, like, take a loan out in order to buy a game. No, no, we won't, though. No mm. no way. No, that ain't going to happen at all. There's... But that was hyperbole. Go yeah, on. yeah, but <laughs> going into it, though, the slow increase on, you know, things being pretty and stuff like that, mm. what I'm going to tell you straight out, most developers don't start, well, you know, so at least big developers, they don't start from scratch nothing. Mm. They have a foundation existing already. Yeah. Code is already existing. Code does the same thing. doesn't matter what you... Animations, mm. animations go through the same motions every time. Like, you're watching an animation, you're watching the same thing. And, you know, animations are easy to do. Mm. Especially when you rig the character properly. So, like, to be honest, though, I probably wouldn't buy any of the products from the latest generation of consoles until probably, I don't know, maybe a few months or maybe a couple of years. Because normally, for me, the first generations of games that come out in that era would be more to just like graphical benchmarks more than anything else, you know? Just showing off the technology. Maybe. And now, but bring one that up, game though. that I have my high hopes on, and I'm trying not to be overhyped, is definitely Cyberpunk 2077. Everyone's excited for that one because it's CD Projekt Red, and um, because the thing is, The Witcher Three was hyped to absolute oblivion, but it performed very, very well. In many ways, it did live up to the hype. For me, it did. Yeah. It even might have surpassed it. But let's just talk about this for a second. This is step one. Should there be less microtransactions for your price? I mean, there, microtransactions are always optional. Depends how much you already pay for the game, I would say. No, I'm talking about this seven, the $10 increase. Mm. Should you have more content? But yes. even though there's a lot of content already. Should there be less <sighs> microtransactions? Should it just be a clear set thing you're getting? Not like uh, Call of Duty where like, hey, you get the skin for the this. The thing is, though, more content in the game doesn't necessarily guarantee quality. I would say... No, if, it doesn't. Yeah, and you need a good vision, good design and all that. Like, uh, I wouldn't mind a simpler game, but if it's just designed very well and you don't want too much in it, I would say, or just too much clutter in it. Yes, you want to yes. just get to the stuff that matters. Like, I don't know, I hate... That's why I'm so tired of, like, Ubisoft games at the moment where it's just mini-maps, go to this spot here, click this button, go to Fetch. this... Fetch. Yep. Fetch. Just, I don't like games that have mini-maps anymore. It ruins it for me. Really? Yeah, it just takes away the immersion. It takes away the immersion of exploring. I'm curious now. Do you remember Crisis? Yes. Was there a mini-map in that? I don't remember. There was in Crisis 2, I remember. Was it just a map on your screen? It was. It? And it sort of meant me a sense lore-wise because you're wearing like a power-armored suit, so it'd show a map. But no, I just feel like it just takes away the exploration. And especially when it has like a... Uh, 
go to this marked spot on the map and tells you exactly where it is and exactly, you know, how to get there. Nah, it just takes away from me. It takes away that organic sense of exploration. And that's where I really, really like games such as Subnautica that I've been playing a lot lately. Oh, yes. And Do you I've think been... that's well priced? Do you think um, it should cost more or less? What price is it on Steam right now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I think it was around thirty to forty bucks, perhaps. And I would say, yeah, it's definitely worth the price. Wait, did you the expansion too? Uh, there's a, I think there's a sequel to it. Yeah, called Subnautica Below Zero, but that's in early access right now. Wait, it's a sequel or a? I don't know. I believe it is a sequel. Okay, but okay. So wait, Subnautica at launch thirty? No, a bit more than that. $40? Yeah, that's fine. And you can get the bundle for something like that. Anyways, the point being, though, that that's more of an indie game, but you want... How much time have you played on that so far? Well, I think maybe, like... Like, I bought this, like, maybe, like, just over a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago. I put, like, 20 hours into it or something like that. And, and you're then, not even halfway? No, I don't even... I reckon I'm not going to complete the game for, like, a few See, months. And that is value for money. Exactly. A dollar an hour. Mm-hmm. That That's right where I price point things. Dollar an hour per game. If you are playing a game, you should be getting a nice experience out of it. Mm. Um, there's solo player games that, you know, last, let's go, Batman Arkham Asylum. How many hours was that for you? I don't remember. It's been so long. I played that on the PS3. 18. Mm. About 18 hours is what I had for it on the first playthrough on the, you know, hard difficulty. Mm. And then I had my second playthrough and it was all good. And yeah, then I, I, think... I spent a lot of time doing those competition ones as well, doing trying to see get all the gold for that because I was an achievement hunter there as well. Mm. And I got, I think, 70 hours out of the game. Paid $60 for it. Very happy with what I got. Yeah. Now, can I say that about another game I bought? No. Nah. So there's a game I bought called a little game called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you could get through the entire game on the hard difficulty in four hours. Okay. And that's dying a lot. Yes. That is not value money. That's a cash grab by a studio. Mm. There's no multiplayer. It's just co-op and that's it, which is cool. But you know, like a $5, $10 game, perhaps. I'd be fine with that. Not $50. How much? 50 bucks. I, I'll, I'll be straight out with you. I returned it. Well, yeah, obviously. But, yes, yeah, like, you know. You need, to get, no. You, know, you need to get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you don't get what you pay for, it's not worth it. And this comes back to the... 60 for $70. But if that's it's not why, worth it, don't charge it. But that's that's also one of the reasons why I get concerned when developers or publishers put games on their own different platforms so, like, refunding's not possible. Like what Bethesda did with Fallout 76. Well, luckily in Australia, we have a workaround for that. Hmm. And Steam has had to deal with that as well. And what was the other company? Uh, anyways, the point... Yeah, at, actually, any online store has had to deal with that. Hmm. And they have to abide by the laws here. We actually have one of the best refunding policies in the world. Yeah. Okay. Like, by far. Like, um, they do put a clause in it now for us, for Australians, just to be like, you can refund, but you've if you played more than two hours of the game. Yeah. Because two hours of a game is enough to evaluate what the game's like. It's more to just evaluate if the game is, like, broken or not in terms of performance. Well, is not... you evaluating the performance, like, in the first hour of gameplay? No. I'll be honest. If I'm not attracted in the first hour of the game, I think I'm not... ten hours. Do you reckon 10? No, but... Five. If you're 10 hours into a game... You're you, invested. You're, yeah, you're invested already. So maybe four? No, two hours. If you play more than two hours of a game and you're not into it, you mm. should better refund it. Yeah. But quit the two hours. Yeah. And, you know, the problem is they got... 
it's not two hours of gameplay. It's two hours of the entire game being opened. Yeah. So you walk away, you have a drink, three more minutes there, whatever. Oh, yeah. Do you know what they just released on Steam recently? What? Journey. Ooh. Yep, that just came out a few, maybe last week, I think. I'm not, I'm not sure how much it costs. Like, it better not cost that much, but, oh, it's so worth it. I don't know. Have you not played Journey? Nope. It's on the list. It's on the list, but definitely play Journey. Hopefully it's bug-free. Seriously. Mm. Also, that's the name of Annex song and the <laughs> band. Stumped Vibes. I'm Ray Fremantle. And that was Bubblegum by Amira Black. And before that was Auslander by Ramstein. And before that was A Conversation with Death by Chemis. And a million other songs that I didn't announce, but there we go. You're listening to <laughs> Hump Day Vibes with Byron and Alex driving you home on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And unfortunately, it's time for the pair of us to say goodbye yeah, to our lovely a, listeners. It's been a nice music show, mostly. Just nice and relaxed. Sometimes we just need one of those shows where we can just sit back and chill and just listen to good music. Yeah, I mean, saying that as well, news has been a bit... Yeah, it's been stagnant. a bit dull. Like, we, do we wouldn't week? COVID stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, like, and besides, we wouldn't want another topic like that one you were talking about, accounting and stuff like, or taxes. No, it's you hate like, anything that's like that. You're like, numbers, I can't do math. The I'm numbers, Mason, what it. do they mean? No, you just <laughs> think about it like it's boring to listen to, you know? That's no, my personal. boring to you. Well, yeah. But, but you find lots of things boring. But what's exciting to me personally is Paramount in this show. I have absolute say over what goes on. You really don't. Yeah, I do. You have like zero say. <laughs> I did the oh. topics. Rock does the music. You oh, well, show okay. up and use your history knowledge. Well, yeah, but okay. We're just going to have like a fist fight when this show ends. Coming up now is a song called Lost in Transla- Translation by Demon Days. So, Byron, do you have anything to say to our lovely listeners before we go? Uh, just remember, we have Spotify... Uh, where else are we are? Podbeam? No, we're off that now. We're on actually Facebook. Apple TV. Yeah, we're on Facebook. Come follow us. We love a follow. Send us a comment. Send us a song request. We love to play new Aussie music. We always find new Aussie music to play. Except me. It's mostly European stuff. Yeah, yeah. You And you're banned from choosing stuff for a while. So, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we love getting your music suggestions if you want to tell us something or an interesting topic or even an interesting Reddit question or your own question, for example, that we can talk about. Anyways, we love a follow. We're also on Instagram, of course, but that's not a story entirely. Let's go to the next song. Yes. Well, thanks for listening. See you later. Bye.